This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope everyone had an amazing Labor Day weekend. In a quick moment, we will be joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. He covers everything up in the Northeast. And there's a big announcement coming this week that we will preview. Five-star offensive tackle Nolan Rucci is set to reveal his college decision Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern live on CBS Sports HQ, so make sure you tune into that one. Rucci's final list includes Clemson, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, and Wisconsin with the Badgers having a lot of the momentum right now in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. We will also go into a couple other Big Ten commitments that happened over the weekend, including Nebraska picking up a linebacker in the state of New Jersey and Penn State continuing to roll in the 2022 class. We touched on it a few weeks ago with Oklahoma recruits putting together a Sooner Summit a first-of-its-kind recruit-led recruiting visit event. LSU was the latest school to benefit from a recruit-led visit weekend event. The Tigers had a number of top prospects on campus over the weekend, and Brian Doan will also discuss what that could mean for Tristan Lee. He's a five-star offensive tackle that was able to make it down to Baton Rouge. Remember to rate us and review us if you leave a five-star Apple podcast review with your recruiting question. You've got a chance to get it answered. We've actually got a mailbag episode later this week, so make sure you're tuned in for that one. Before we get to Brian Doan, let's begin with the kickoff. We are four weeks into the high school football season in the state of Utah. Obviously, it was the first state to kick off high school football in this country. And we are now beginning to see the effects on recruiting. Take, for instance, quarterback Jackson Dart. He's the number one rated quarterback in the state, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. Dart went into the season with some low-level offers, none in the Power Five. Well, fast forward a few weeks. He's got Arizona State on his list. He's got the likes of USC, Ole Miss, Colorado, a few other programs that are in Power Five conferences are expressing interest and he's been lighting it up. He's completing 73% of his pass attempts. He's got 19 touchdowns to only one interception, and he's the prime example of a recruit that held off on making a decision. He trusted and he had belief in his own abilities, and he's going out and proving it and showing it. BYU looked like the early leader, but now with some of these Power 5 schools entering the picture and potentially getting more offers in the coming weeks, Jackson Dart is one to keep an eye on, especially at a premium position like quarterback. He's been putting on a show, and it's going to be interesting to monitor because more and more states are opening up football. I think it's going to ramp up interest in some recruits that maybe saw their recruitment slow down during the spring when everything was shut down. Obviously, some states won't play until next year, or at least that's what's on schedule. So a player like Jackson Dart is proving that if a player didn't commit or a player didn't have enough offers, it's still possible to make a splash as a senior and continue to see his recruitment take off. 
Joining us now on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast is Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, hoping to see some high school football soon here in the East Coast, but uh, yeah. I'm doing well. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of games on TV that, that are now being streamed. You know, I wanted to have you on the show to, to talk about Lionel Messi and the, the saga at Barcelona. And, and obviously, if you're a subscriber to one of the 24-7 sports team sites, you have access to CBS All Access, which gives you access to the upcoming Champions League. And you can watch Lionel Messi. And for a moment there, Brian, it seemed like we might have to see Messi uh, at Manchester City or at Juventus, or at some other club, Manchester United, I know was rumored for a little bit, but it seems like he's going to stick at Barcelona. So before we get to recruiting talk, I promise we're going to talk Nolan Rucci. We're going to break down a lot of the, the stuff that has been happening in the Northeast, in your neck of the woods. Uh, but what was your take on the whole messy saga? You are, you know, after all, our soccer correspondent. As as we tape this and I watch Ireland Friendland, yes, Dude, um, you're completely on brand right now. <laughs> hey, but here's the thing about with Messi, um, you knew he's been unhappy for a year, and it's one of the reasons I absolutely love soccer. Is the best player in the world who's under contract says I don't want to play anymore here, and you know, in, in theory, they would look to move him a lot of times, but because of what he means, just in terms of. Um, not only that his play on the field is just, you know, one of the best players in the world, but also from a marketing standpoint and when you're going to other places, if they actually allow fans at some point again, there, there's so many ancillary things that impact Messi. But but it, it's one of the things that's great about soccer that people really don't understand that even though guys are under contract, in a lot of instances – there's almost global free agency every year because you can just buy contracts and all that other stuff. And, you know, almost every six months, even though the one in January, the, the transfer period, they call it, isn't as, you know, there's not as much movement because you're in the middle of the season. But it, the drama of it is tremendous. And what I love is you don't have 6,000, you know, journalists or bloggers or whatever. All of a sudden, Messi says something who's going to then run and try to get you know, get it into like a, uh, a bitter match back and forth in the press. You say your thing, you're unhappy, and you move on. And, and that's, that's one thing I really like about it. I guess in, in, a, in a college football recruiting sense, it would be similar to trying to flip a commitment, right? And, and continuing to maybe pursue a player like Messi, who's under contract at Barcelona. Uh, if you're City, it, you know, obviously you have a lot of red tape with the UEFA and the fair play and all that. But yeah, it is basically if we're going to relate it to recruiting, uh, you're, you're kind of doing some back avenues type of stuff to try to get one of the best players in the world. And, and like I said, remember, you can watch the upcoming Champions League on CBS, CBS All Access, uh, and then they do a phenomenal job on CBS HQ as well, previewing all the top matchups. Speaking uh, of CBS HQ, you like the transition, Brian. I know you do. That's why you're a I, pro. I hear you nodding all the way across the, 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 the country. Uh, Nolan Rucci, five-star offensive tackle, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, will be announcing this Tuesday on CBS HQ. He's a five-star offensive tackle from Warwick High School in Littitz, Pennsylvania. And right now, the crystal ball is trending towards Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know if you pronounced his town right, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But yes, um, he's just outside of Lancaster. 
um, in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, he's a, it's a really interesting one. He visited Clemson, you know, in the winter when, remember back in the day when you could actually make visits. So he went there. Uh, people thought, oh, Clemson, because, you know, Clemson does a great job with recruiting. But it, it became a Penn State-Wisconsin battle to me. It's Penn State because he lives close to campus a few hours away. His dad was a tremendous player there. Todd Rucci then went on to play in the NFL. Uh, They're frequent visitors to campus. They have a lot of friends that either still are at Penn State or went to Penn State. His wife is in the same situation, Nolan's mom. So Penn State, you know, this was the guy that, hey, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say pressure, but a lot of eyes on watching to see if they can get get this kid. Because, look, if we have him rated that high, you know we think he's a cornerstone left tackle. Then you have Wisconsin, who his brother Hayden plays out there. Uh, we know Wisconsin develops offensive linemen. They have that history. Um, you, you're going to run the ball a lot in the Big Ten with Wisconsin, but you'll also pass it enough to where he can showcase his pass protection skills and develop Wisconsin you know the way it looks right now has an easier path getting to the Big Ten championship game than maybe Penn State whoever year you know has to deal with Michigan and Ohio State um, so it became a really good battle and yeah I put in my crystal ball pick for Rucci a few days ago before he announced that he was going to make a decision in a few days um, you know, it, it's been a really interesting one because he went to Penn State a few weeks ago just to look around campus, which to me was kind of like, okay, let me see if this is the place that I really feel great at and if it's where I want to be or do I want to go play with my brother at Wisconsin. And, and one of the key factors here is Penn State, and I'm not, this is not a criticism, it's, it's just a fact because you have to take players who you believe can help you, especially at Penn State, where you're trying to get into that playoff. Penn State did not recruit Hayden Rucci very hard. And I think at the end of the day, that will become a huge factor in this recruitment. You know, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, especially when it comes to Nolan Rucci and and maybe the impact and the overlaying factors in this battle, how do you think the pandemic affected this race? Because he was able to go out on a visit, right? And he and obviously he had met the Penn State staff, but on that trip to to campus, he wasn't able once again to meet with them, to sit with them, to hear that final pitch, obviously there's a lot of comfort level, like you mentioned with the family ties, uh, but there, there's also a high confidence level and, and a comfort level with what Wisconsin and that staff are doing. And then obviously with his brother there, do you think that this maybe could have gone a, a different way or how, how would you say this was affected given where we are in, in the situation with the, the restrictions on, on visits? Well, I, I think it impacts it in a number of ways. Remember, he's been out to Wisconsin a bunch because his brother plays there. He knows the coaching staff. Penn State has a new offensive line coach, Phil Troutwine, who came from Boston College. I mean, tremendous coach, really good recruiter. But, you know, getting to sit down with him where you would for maybe the spring game and get him back again in June and get him back again for the lash bash at the end of July, that stuff all factors in. And, and you can build relationships over Zoom. I mean, look, Blair, we – we talk about all the time how kids these days, they communicate via text, FaceTime, social media, all that stuff. So in the recruiting process, 
on campus that he knows so well in Penn State, it shouldn't be a huge factor. But getting to sit and talk with the coaching staff and the offensive line coach and kind of spend a day with them gives you a different feel. And I also believe that if you were able to make visits again, I think Clemson would have been a much bigger player in this thing because he went down to Clemson. He liked it a lot when he was down there. And, you know, it's a bit far from from where he is. Um, you know, Wisconsin's far as well, but there's the comfort with his brother. I would not have ruled Clemson out. I mean, there were people that thought he was going to Clemson back in January, February. So I, I think it impacts – Clemson and Penn State in a huge way. And and I've thought this for a while. I don't know of any other, you know, top 20 program that has been impacted by the pandemic and not being able to make visits as harshly as Penn State. It's, it's their big sell. Their big sell. I mean, coaches do a great job and all that stuff. But their big sell is the feeling kids get when they get onto campus and they get within that community um, because of how supportive it is. And it's just, I mean, look, they call it happy Valley for a reason, right? Yeah. So I, I think, I think there's no, there's no program that I can come up with that is impacted as hard as they are. Well, I'll throw this one to you, Notre Dame, right? So Steve Wilfong and I were discussing this a, a few weeks ago, places like Penn state, places like Notre Dame, when the weather turns, right, which it's going to turn eventually and it's going to become winter and it's not going to be as pleasant to go on a visit to campus, places like this, they thrive in the off season, right? Where Because places like Penn State, places like Notre Dame, they carry the prestige. They carry a lot of lore. And so when you go and visit, you want it to be nice. You want it to be pleasant. You want to have a chance to go and check out the campus and see everything. So when the sun's out, and it's, you know, 75 degrees out and, you know, there's a nice little breeze. Uh, it's going to be a much more enjoyable unofficial visit. So that's when a lot of these staff start pushing for on-campus visitors, especially the national recruits that maybe aren't within driving distance that do have to go out there when when they have a chance. Uh, I do feel like, yeah, you're you're right on the nose. I'm just playing devil's advocate, but the only school that I could think of that might have been affected as much as Penn State would be Notre Dame. Yeah, I I don't think Notre Dame's impacted as much for a couple of reasons. Um, Notre Dame recruits on a much more national level to where, you know, kids and their parents have grown up with Rudy and they know the history and they know, you know, Notre Dame, when you look at it, it's like, okay, education wise, um, the alumni network, all that stuff is fine. And it translates beyond visits. Penn State, even though they get kids from all over, is more their recruiting base is regional. It's within four hours of campus and you get kids there. And you know what? Penn, it doesn't matter when you go to Penn State because you can go to that wrestling match in December that's sold out and you get the feel for it. You go to the whiteout game, which is always against Ohio State or Michigan or, or whom, you know some big-time game where the atmosphere is absolutely ridiculous. You get – you know, you get up into campus in the summer and it's beautiful. You get to the spring game where you're going to have 60,000 people at it. Um, there, there's so much more to it than to me. Notre Dame, you know what it is. You know the campus history before you go there. You know the tradition. You know the academics. You understand all that stuff going in. Not to mention Notre Dame 
even though they recruit nationally, to me has more of a specific wheelhouse for their recruitment that also includes things like, you know, does the does the prospect go to a Catholic school, a Catholic high school? You know, because back here in the East, we look at, okay, a Boston College kid may wind up going to Notre Dame. And then, okay, Notre Dame, the next step with that with academics is a Stanford kid. You don't have that with Penn State. Penn State is is who they recruit and, and the backgrounds of guys that they recruit are much different overall than who Notre Dame recruits. Yeah, just very fascinating stuff. We are joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. You could follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan 247. Brian, so let's say Nolan Rucci commits to Wisconsin this Tuesday on CBS HQ. You're going to be able to watch it live. They right now have a top 20 class in the team rankings. They're number three among Big Ten schools. Uh, they have two big-time offensive tackles that are already committed. They're not five stars, but they have two four-stars that spearhead that class. They're both 6'7", and both about 260 to 270 pounds. J.P. Benchwell and Riley Mahamin. Uh, so they, they will have a three-headed monster in that respect. Do you feel like Nolan – I know with offensive line it's a little tricky and it's it's tougher for those prospects to see the field right away. Do you feel like he would be able to make an impact early in his college career? You know, impact – I don't know. It depends on your definition of an impact. To me, we have the kid rated really high. He's strong. His dad's a former NFL coach. His technique is really good. You would think that even though he's got to get – you know, stronger in the upper body, which is nat- natural with the guy with his arm length, is you would think that he can get on the field as a true freshman. That's the idea. Get on the field as a true freshman, and then you get two years out of him, and then he moves on. I think from my standpoint, he's a guy that would be a cornerstone left tackle, which is something that you definitely want. You know, the, the, the primary positions you want, you want corners, you want guys that can rush the passer, you want a quarterback, and you want a cornerstone left tackle. And for me, he has, you know, fits that cornerstone left tackle spot. You look at Wisconsin, what they do offensively, I don't care what they say coaching-wise, they're still a conservative run-first offense. And it doesn't matter who, Blair, you'd run for 1,400 yards in that offense probably. Um, I'm, well, I'm a good is, athlete. Well, that's why I didn't say me, I said you, <laughs> you know. Um, but – you know, you look at it from that standpoint and w- what happens, they get quality high-level offensive linemen. And so for me, yeah, he, he should go in quickly. You want him to play early because um, that's the idea. When, when you have a kid rated this high at that position, your thought process is there's a really good chance he could be out in three years. Yeah, no, that, that and that's – I think that's always the aim when it comes to to big-time offensive tackles. Speaking of big-time offensive tackles, there was another one that came off the board in the 2022 class. We will discuss that right after the break. You are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianDoan247. So we discussed kind of the impact, right, of of what Nolan Rucci would have and and, and maybe the the potential that he would have if he were to commit to Wisconsin, which right now the crystal ball is trending towards that ahead of his announcement but Penn State did get a chance to to make a splash in the 2022 class. They picked up a commitment from a, another big time offensive tackle in Drew Shelton. Yeah, uh, he's a, he's a local kid down in town west, um, kind of in the same area as Nolan Rucci, and long, athletic. He is exactly so. So if Penn State fans are anybody really wants to figure out what is Penn State recruiting now at the offensive line with Phil Troutwine as the new O-line coach, you see it here. You see a kid like Drew Shelton who is long. He's athletic. Um, he can really, you know, sink his hips. He can play low. He can get to the second level. He still has to, you know, as any high school kid, work on your, your pass protection um, a lot more. They don't, they don't do a ton of throwing the ball where he's got to use his kick steps and everything. But he's 6'5". He can be a swing guy either side of the offensive line, tackle or guard. Um, and he's just a guy that in a couple of years will be 290, 295, look absolutely tremendous, be athletic, um, that's kind of who Penn State wants to recruit on the offensive line. I don't see them really going after these guys that are 320 pounds, you know, 6'5", 320 in high school. I, I don't see a lot of that with Phil Troutwine. And for those that don't know, uh, you know, Boston College's offensive line was really good. They really developed kids. And he has a really good eye at understanding what he wants from a high school prospect and how their frame can develop. Uh, as long as you have the athleticism, as long as you have the flexibility in the knees and you're not bending at the waist, you know, you got that frame that can, that can add mass and size. That's what you're looking for. And it goes back to, you know, if they can't get Nolan Rucci and no matter what Nolan Rucci decides on Tuesday, I, I don't think it's, I, I could see him still talking to, to, whether it's Wisconsin or Penn State. I, I could see some of those conversations still going on. But this is a chance where Troutwine kind of got in on the ground floor with the kid in the 22 class. And so it was equal footing. You know, when he came in with Rucci, that recruitment had been going on for two years already. And there was a change in you know, O-line coaches at Penn State. And I think that that hurt him to some degree there. But I, I think this is what you look for in the future. And they also had a 23 on campus, Alex Birchmeyer, a few weeks ago, who is one of our top offensive lineman in 23 class yeah it's early and I get all that stuff but he is the same kind of kid a big time wrestler you know he's 6'5 255 260 they're involved with two other kids in the 22 class Gunnar Givens and Zach Rice both out of Virginia both top 20 kids for us on the offensive line um, which obviously that speaks to their tremendous talent and you're seeing it's kind of the same stuff athletic 
long room for frame growth. You know, with the with everything that's going on, do you feel like it's a concerted effort to start getting some commitments in the 2022 class? Because I know, and you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of colleges could take a commitment in 2022 right now, or could take a handful, but sometimes they're, they're just not ready or they want to see more of the players, especially with these players that have only played two years and they have two years to go uh, until they put pen to paper. Uh, or And so do you think Penn State is, is actively trying to, can start to build this 2022 class because he's already their fifth commitment. Yeah, I, without question they are. And there's, there's a couple of really good reasons for it. You didn't have anything to do from mid-March until the end of summer, but recruit. I mean, you spent a little time with your team. Penn State's not playing. They're in the Big Ten. So we see what's going on there. What else are they going to do? I mean, you can only lift and have guys work out so much. What else are you going to do? So you're going to exhaust every option in recruiting. And, you know, it's Penn State, for goodness sake. And so you look at a couple of the kids they got, Bro Pabula, the quarterback, um, you know, and then Drew Shelton, they're kids right there, you know, a couple hours from campus in Pennsylvania that are right in their wheelhouse. Um, yeah, to me, it, it makes sense if that's what you want to do. Even with Jerry Cross and, and Holden Stays, you know, two tight ends that they have in the class. I don't know if you notice. I know a lot of people look at Notre Dame's tight end tradition, which is very good, obviously. But Penn State develops some tight ends as well. And so if you're a tight end, that's one of the schools you're going to be looking at. And if you say, hey, I could get in early at Penn State and kind of relax, that's good. And also, you don't know how long, if these kids are going to play all fall, if they're playing this fall. So how much eval are you going to be able to do? You, you, it's not like things are going to change. And let's be honest, it's, it's still more than a year away if things don't work out the way either side hopes there's still plenty of time to look elsewhere. Yeah, you and you certainly don't fault a, a, a player or a recruit right now with two years to go in his high school career if he decides to come off the board, especially, like you said, at a position, at a premium spot like tight end uh, at Penn State. So they have two tight ends. They have a receiver commit from Caden Saunders as well. They are the number two class in the 2022 class or number two ranked class in 2022 for the Big Ten and number three nationally. So Penn State off to a... A really good start in 2022, and obviously they'll be keeping an eye on on Nolan Rucci and, and continue to make that push. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, Nebraska also picked up a commitment this weekend. They got high three-star linebacker Makai Bayer from Irvington, New Jersey. Also played a little tight end last year, Brian. Yeah, he did. And it's funny, when you watch his tight end tape, you see that he does like to block and he likes to be physical. Now, he's a kid that plays maybe half hour from where I live. So I've been able to see him a few times. He really came on during his junior season. He made big leaps from his sophomore year to his junior year. And, you know, when you look at what Nebraska wants him to do, um, you know, and it was Nebraska, Michigan State at the end. When you look at what Nebraska wants him to do playing in the middle of that defense as an inside linebacker, he is at his best between the tackles, playing downhill. Some of it, you know, he's, he's got to work on his footwork and ability to flip his hips a little bit and get to the sideline and accelerate. Um, if he adds a little bit of flexibility – I think his acceleration and his speed also increases because it allows him just to, to be a little more athletic. But he's a really bright kid who has, you know, Blair, you know this, and, and I'm not going to get too involved in it, but, you know, some of these kids, what they go through to have success, 
Um, you know, one of the things that really struck me was a post in the, in the spring of his on Twitter of his visiting his mom's grave. And you realize just, you know, how tough some kids have it um, that maybe people don't realize. And he's a smart kid who's never made excuses for anything. And so I, I think that really fits into his ability to even run a defense at Nebraska as well. Um, but if you look at him between the tackles as a player, uh, especially on that side of the Big Ten where, you know, you're going to go against a Wisconsin type, I think he's built for that. You know, we're going to wrap things up talking. Uh, we've been talking a lot of beef today, Brian. So there's another big offensive tackle, and he took an important visit. But th- th- this goes beyond just the prospect. It's Tristan Lee. He went down to uh, LSU for for a look and, and a closer look at the Tigers. But they had 13 or so high-level prospects. I mean, we're talking all of them ranked within the top 150 in either the 24-7 sports rankings or the 24-7 sports composite. So they had a lot of quality on campus. And, and right now, despite the fact that they're not able to meet with coaches and, and chat things up and get a feel for, for the position coaches and the meetings and all that, uh, recruits are still now starting to organize these on-campus trips where they can all kind of bond, they could all gel and get a feel for a, a program at the same time. We saw it uh, a first-of-its-kind event a, a few weeks ago with the Sooner Summit that Oklahoma uh, recruits were able to put on. Well, LSU had a, a number of prospects, one of them, Tristan Lee, like I mentioned, from the state of Virginia, 6'5", 270, a top 15 prospect in both the 24-7 sports composite and in the 24-7 sports rankings. What are you hearing on Lee and LSU's chances with with this big time offensive tackle yeah I, I think it's significant that he's there especially after going to Oklahoma a few weeks ago uh, I, I think it could be the defining trip of his recruitment I'm, I'm really curious to talk to him uh, his coach and some other people close to the situation once he leaves which he was slated to do I believe at some point Monday um, he loved it when he went down there last summer and he camped there and in talking to him his coach and some people close to him he continued to rave about that visit down there you know for the next year um and i think getting down there in that environment um let's just see if i wind up crystal balling them there on monday night to be Ooh, honest a little be honest a little, a little preview geez. So yeah, if well, you we'll if see. you're if you're listening to this on, <laughs> on this Labor Day weekend, uh, you might already have a, a crystal ball pick in for Tristan Lee. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna see how it goes, and I think it's that important. And then I think on the grand scale, you know, we talked about how much it impacts Penn State not being able to get kids on campus, um, and it's different, you know, because Penn State you need to show them around, and and the community and the town and everything is so important. But with LSU and with Oklahoma. This is now a way of figuring out how to get around that. And the coaches are not allowed to set it up. They can't do that. I can't imagine that these kids are just coming up with it on their own saying, hey, let's invite these kids. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, well, you know, you know this is the this is the thing about social media, right? So the Sooner Summit was such a big hit. And, and we heard Steve Wilfong on this podcast say, I think 
other programs are going to start to mimic this because the longer the recruiting dead period goes, and right now it's been extended through the end of this month, we don't know what October is going to look like. We don't know what November is going to look like. Obviously, there's going to be games and, and things like that, or at least things are scheduled to go that way but the more this this dead period rolls on the 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 i think the urgency is heightened not only on the recruit side but on the coach's side so uh, i'm not surprised that things like this are happening and, and and it could continue to to be a trend that we see pop up no i agree with that and if you look at it and you say okay when teams have big recruiting weekends in the off season what do kids come out talking about? And the kids that commit, what do they say? Okay, though they like the campus, blah, blah, blah. But it is the connection they have with the coaches, and it is the connection they have with the other commits in the class. And this is kids who maybe they commit. Maybe some are committed. Obviously, they are. And then some aren't. And it's the connection that they build in person during this 24, 48-hour period. And so it serves the purpose there. I mean, Blair, you've been to enough schools. I mean, if you just look at the map and say, oh, my my class is here. Oh, here's the football stadium. Here's where we work out. You don't really need a tour to find out that, oh, geez, it's a six-minute walk from the dorms to the football complex or a 12-minute walk or a two-minute walk. So you can do a lot of that on your own. Um, Shoot, I, I got a kid who's going to be a sophomore in high school, um, not a football player, but just, you know, when you're starting to think about schools, it's, okay, well, if we're going somewhere and we're driving past a school that maybe he's interested in, just stop at the campus for a half hour to an hour and walk around and see what it's like. It's the same kind of deal that these kids are now doing. It's just that it's not as structured. And you go back to it. This is what draws kids to schools, what they see on campus, the how they feel within the class with the commits and the comfort level with the coaches. Yeah. And if you're able to spend a few days with some potential future teammates, I mean, these are guys that you're going to be playing with, you're going to be living with, you're going to be practicing with and working out with. I think it's, it's very helpful for, for these families to also start to gel and, and figure out if that's going to be a fit, right? That part of the process, the, the process, uh, because we usually get to see that on official visit weekends, right? Where all the parents are mingling while the recruits are out doing their thing and getting a feel for things. Uh, they start exchanging messages. They're on group chats. I mean, th- this is part of the recruiting process without the college coaches being present. So I think it is very important. And, and, and like I said, a lot of prospects were out at LSU, including the number one overall player in the composite, number one, Corey Foreman from the state of California. He was actually at a at a recruit organized event at Georgia last week as well. So it's a it's a thing that I think is now going to become more and more prevalent as we inch closer to the early signing period. Yeah, you look at I mean the guy who's in charge of this for LSU is Garrett Nussmeyer, the quarterback commit. So now he's going to spend the weekend saying, "Hey, Make sure you protect my blind side, right? Tristan, we need you on the blind side. Corey, this is what you can do. Yeah, Tristan, under- this is where I'm going to take you out yes. to eat on yes. Fridays. Yes, and and or or Saturday nights after the big win or something. <laughs> well, you got to you got to you got to butter them up before yeah, the game a little yeah, bit, right? To then, to ensure your protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you look at I don't know if you've been to LSU, but I I've been there. I mean, it's a it's gorgeous i mean it's a, it's a nice campus it's it's in a good town um 
So you get to see all that stuff. And then you listen to all these kids say, well, if we came here, not that we're going to, you know, let's build a championship. Let's, let's win another kind of deal. And then you look at how many people get drafted. And, and that's how these things kind of snowball. And, and it makes a, a ton of sense for things like this to happen. And this is, you also get this, and it's probably a little easier to do when you recruit nationally than when you recruit regionally. Yeah, without a doubt. It's going to be, I think, very fascinating to see what happens with the NCAA Division I Council, whether they extend the recruiting debt period, whether recruits are able to attend college games coming up. I mean, I think all of this right now, we're going into uncharted territory. So uh, I think that's going to be a big topic for us to discuss. And I can't wait to do it next time, Brian. It's been a pleasure as always. And like I said, you always bring the goods. Hey, I appreciate it. And I'll leave everybody with this. Just go watch how Iceland lost to England (laughs) on just a penalty that I would expect someone like, you know, Biggins to take where it just goes a mile over the crossbar. Biggins is a former soccer player, too. That's my point. (laughs) (laughs) And now he's a recruiting analyst. (laughs) I I was going to say, I think the dude on Iceland even though he kicked it with his right foot, he may be a lefty after watching that penalty. Yeah, I think he will switch up for sure. <laughs> All right, so that that was Brian Doan here on our Labor Day edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Remember, we've got a mailbag episode later this week, so make sure you tuned in here on the feed or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Mount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.